mum of a preteen girl and a hormone health expert, Claire Spink, blasts the taboo of menstruation in this episode of Surviving Parenthood, a parenting podcast. She enlightens us what happens during the menstrual cycle, how to make the most of its different phases, what advice parents can give to their teenage daughters, and what exactly you should do if it's a twig in a vase kind of day. I'm Sam, your host, and I hope you enjoy this latest episode. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So it's lovely to see you. Oh, it's lovely to see you as well. So I thought I best mention that I got woken up at 4am this morning by my loving child uh, and I didn't actually get back to sleep. So good job. <laughs> this is a subject that I literally love talking about because otherwise we could be in trouble. And I also got thinking because we'll be talking about all things menstrual cycle. I do, in the first half of my cycle, the follicular bit, that's when I am most likely to have a little bit of lighter sleep. And that's the phase that I'm going into now. So, oh. yeah. So, we will talk about... End. You're the other end, are you mm. actually? Oh, that's interesting. So, there's not a templated version of the menstrual cycle. Um, so, we will talk about the taboo of menstrual cycle. But first of all, because lots of parents will be listening to this, tell me about your parenting journey, your parenting setup, who you've got at home, that kind of thing. Okay, so my daughter is Savannah, or to call her Sav, yeah. and she's 11, going on probably 35. Um, <laughs> she often does say to me, oh, mum, am I the only adult in the room? Um, well, you know, yeah. she's definitely more mature than I am. Um, I'm a single mum, and I've been a single mum for about four years, um, okay. and we have a really strong bond. I attachment parented her, so she was on my breast for three and a half years, she was in my bed for three and a half years, still tries to get in my bed when she can. Yeah. Um, I carried her in a sling. So she's got a really good secure attachment with me. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, she's just got this little wise head on her shoulders and she really knows her mind, you know, yeah. with a little bit of a little bit sass. sass that goes with it. Yes. yes. Um, and she pulls me into line. <laughs> That's good. We like that. We like a bit of sass, mm. an empowered woman yeah. in the making. Absolutely. So as I like to start each interview with the same question, which is tell me about a funny parenting moment or foul so far. Give me your best. What have you got for me? Uh, it was really hard actually to kind of think of one. Um, <laughs> bear in mind that my daughter's been brought up with me sharing all things to do with the womb, the vagina, everything. Yeah. Um, we're about, she was about four years old and I've been teaching her, I love my Yoni, and my yoni is my power. And I've been teaching her to be proud of her yoni. So she knew the word yoni. She knew the word vagina. And she yeah. had her own fun word, which was a pum-pum, because it was a Caribbean word and her dad's from the Caribbean. Mm. Um, and so I've been teaching her all about, you know, really be proud of your, your vagina and your yoni. But obviously also did the whole don't let anyone else see it or touch it or anything like this. Yes. Which she obviously missed that bit out because <laughs> we were in a public toilet. I was sitting on the toilet. She opens up the door to a queue of people outside and she's like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my mummy's pum pum show. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And she said to me afterwards, she was like, but I'm proud of your yoni mum. And I was like, uh, oh my word. So uh, uh, 
Yeah, that's, that's probably right. my uh, probably my funniest moment. She'd die now if, if she knew that I was even revealing that story. She's like, oh, mum, I never did that. <laughs> so you won't be playing this back to her then? No. No. <laughs> I love that. And there's no backtracking. You, well, you said it, mum, so, well, you know, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Pum Pum Show, that's what it was. <laughs> Um, yep. so how's Zabzit doing? How, I mean, I know that she's 11, isn't she? So she's in that yeah. sort of peak preteen phase. How is she in terms Ooh. of her hormones? Yeah, they are definitely, you know, cyclical. Um, cyclical. She has, she has sat in and listened to me talking about the menstrual cycle. Yeah. Um, and so she's really starting to become aware that those days when she just goes, mom, I'm crying and I don't know what for. Then mm. she kind of, I say to her, you know, that's where you are. You're in your, you know, your autumn phase. Yeah. Um, and although she's not having her actual cycles yet, she's not bleeding yet. Mm. Um, she's really aware that she has those shifts in her mm. emotions. Um, she, to be fair, is quite embarrassed about the whole thing. Bear in mind, and I feel that that's like a parent foul because I've been so open mm. about menstrual cycles from the day she was born. Mm. And, you know, now she's at that age when her friends are getting them. And she's really, she's really good that she helps and supports her friends, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Um, but if I say to her, oh, I can't wait for you to have your period, she's like, oh, and gives me the hand and, <laughs> you know, I get the Kevin and Perry kind of moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you think sometimes when, because I'm a little bit aware of this, I mean, my daughter's only, uh, she'll be 10 next month. So it's not, we're not quite in the same phase yet. I think we've got maybe a year or two until mm. we reach those preteen years. But do you think sometimes when we overteach, sometimes they can be a little bit allergic to that kind of, because it's your mum? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it is because of that? Or do you think it's that's just what she would be like anyway? Um, I think there's probably a bit of it is the fact that, you know, oh, mum, you're so embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and the fact that her school have now got me going in to oh do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she's That'd like, be it. That'd be it. Oh, she's mortified. <laughs> um, but I think, it's, you know, it's all the stuff they see on YouTube. It's their friends. Yeah. I think, you know, we've only got so much of an impact, haven't we, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, it is. The reality is that they're getting it from their friends. And yeah. Yeah. There's not really it's, much more you can do about it, is there? I mean, no. they are sponges at that age and whatever their friends believe, they're like little, they're just indoctrinated mm. by the group mentality. So, yeah, yeah, and no, I get that. So let's talk about periods. What is a period? <laughs> Quite literally, I want to know what, uh, is? what is a period from the beginning of the first period to your next period what happens hormonally okay so we'll end at the period we'll start with we've got yep. the gonadotrophin releasing hormone which sits up in the hypothalamus up here okay. and that stimulates our pituitary gland and that releases the fsh which is the follicle stimulating hormone and the lh which is our luteinizing hormone mm -hmm. the fsh travels down to our ovaries and starts ripening the follicles okay the follicles will then boost the estrogen to start rising so the estrogen then starts to build the womb lining and it starts to thin the mucus. Mm -hmm. And then when we reach the peak of the estrogen, the luteinizing hormone is what kind of boosts the main follicle out of the ovary and that's when we have the ovulation. Okay. And then after that, we've got the progesterone, which is going to maintain our lining in our womb. It keeps mm -hmm. it nice and warm until yeah. the progesterone starts to drop. And that's when the lining will shed away because we then have menstruation. So all of our hormones go 
down, they start to rest and we bleed. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be uh, roughly about 17% of body fat for our puberty to start kicking in. And then that's when obviously the hormones start and then the the periods will start. Mm. And we will ovulate before we menstruate. So Mm. you have young girls who unfortunately when they, you know, they play around before they get their period and they think they're safe. Okay. And that's because they've ovulated beforehand. The same as breastfeeding mums. They say, well, I don't know how I got pregnant because I hadn't had a period, but you'll Mm. ovulate first and then you'll get your period because you have to have that cycle where you kick up. You only get a real period when you've ovulated because it's the ovulation, it's the the rising of the estrogen from the follicle. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, it's just a withdrawal bleed. That's actually incredibly interesting and also I didn't know about the 17% body fat so that's really important isn't it for maybe any parents of children young girls teenage girls that have got body image issues or are struggling with their body that's actually something to really be aware of yeah because when your body weight so anorexics will lose their periods because they then obviously drop below 17% body fat a lot of athletes they go down to like 13 14% body fat and although they're Mm. super fit and healthy Mm. They haven't got their cycles. Um, mm. And I think it's an interesting point to remember as well. Like obviously, our uh, four hormones, like the Lord Lewis hormone with FSH, estrogen, progesterone, they don't regulate properly until we're about the age of 20. But oh. the most important one there is the luteinizing hormone is the last one that really regulates. When we go on the contraceptive pill under the age of 20, a lot of people go on it around the age of 15, 16 that stunts your luteinizing hormone Okay. at that age. You then come off the contraceptive pill at 30. Mm. You've only got a 15-year-old luteinizing hormone. So that means that your uh, luteal phase is going to be shorter and weaker, which is one of the reasons why we have fertility issues okay. is that we don't have that strong second part of the cycle because without the second part, we can't maintain a pregnancy because we haven't got the warmth, we haven't got the lining keeping there, and we haven't got the uh, progesterone, which is going to then keep the placenta in place and keep the baby in place. So it's a really important thing mm. to, you know, a lot of us weren't aware of it in, in our day, but no. if we can get mums knowing about it now, yeah. you know, if your daughter needs to go on the pill, really yeah. needs to go on the pill, um, then at least wait until they're 20 okay. so that you don't have that uh, damage to the luteinizing hormone. So in terms of safe sex, we would obviously be looking at condoms and that kind of thing rather than... Yeah. So obviously, the, you know, the, they need to protect themselves. But Yeah, um, absolutely. But just being aware of the impact that the pill can have potentially on yeah. Yeah. Um, those and the, um, age. I think the other damage that we need to be aware of that the pill does to us is that we need cervical mucus in order yeah. for... A sperm to say, you know, to survive. But when we're on the contraceptive pill, the little crypts, like the little caves that are in our cervix that create and make the mucus, they become crystallized and blocked so we don't make fertile mucus. So they're okay. the two key, key things that when you're of a younger age going on them, you know, it's limiting the damage that you're doing to yourself. Because although when you're at 16, you don't probably care about having a baby at no, 30, but when you yeah. get to 30, you'll really wish that your body had known and you had known knowledge so so it's that education early on yeah absolutely okay and why do you think I mean we're talking about the menstrual cycle in such a sort of -of matter-of-fact way but Mm. I'm just wondering 
for some people is actually quite embarrassing and maybe there'll be some parents that experienced um, potentially a shameful first period. And I know that you've come across sort of clients and course attendees that have experienced that. So I'm just wondering why you think the menstrual cycle is still considered quite a taboo subject, why we sort of shy away from it. And, you know, if you can draw from your experience as to why that might be. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a huge topic, so we'll try to... Because yeah, there's so many, yeah, there's so many different angles. A lot of the time you've got uh, different cultures, different religions. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think education, Yeah, getting this education into boys and yeah. girls yeah. at, you know, a young age, so that that embarrassment, you know, the boys can see that their bodily functions that they have are just as normal as us having periods. Yeah. Um, and again, then for mums from a really young age to when they've got their period, not be pushing the children out of the bathroom door mm. and say, you know, not showing them their, their sanitary wear or mm. not explain to them that they do need more rest or they, you know, or they're cranky because mm. this is a part of their cycle. It's, it's allowing those open conversations and recognising that, you know, we can talk about these things and do it in a way that is obviously comfortable for us, but also in a way that isn't isn't shameful. But it yeah. is, you know, I know we look back hundreds and hundreds of years when we all went into the red tent and we'd bleed together and we'd honour each other and men revered us and they saw us as the wise women. And then over the years with, you know, patriarchy's come in and the shift in how everything is viewed. Mm. Um, and it is it is such a shame mm. that, that there is so much shame and disgust around it. Mm. Um, and I think it's something as well, like the conversation is just around about the colour of our blood yeah. and the pain that we experience. If those conversations were brought into school education, yeah, not just, you know, we've just talked about, you know, what the cycle looks like from a real physical point of view, but having mm. those conversations about how it makes us feel. Mm. So it's opening up those conversations. Um, and that really needs to start shifting it's from the mums and the, and the teachers yeah. and if they're not embarrassed about it, then the kids won't then be. Then the kids won't be. Yeah. Um, and just talking about the colour of the blood there, it still incenses me when I watch the branded sanitary wear <laughs> adverts and they're still using blue liquid. I was like, well, it's not blue. <laughs> it's yeah. red or it should be. It should be red. Um, yeah. Okay. So we have day one to ovulation, which is the follicular phase. Mm. And then we have ovulation to the period, the, the menstruation, which is the luteal phase. Yeah. And how we feel, so you're talking about the seasons there and how we Mm. behave and feel is very different, isn't it? Depending on which hormonal phase of our cycle we're in. So would you like to tell us a little about how living cyclically is so important for women's health and a little bit maybe about how we might feel inside in our internal world during those phases? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have the four phases of our cycle, yeah. which is menstruation, pre-ovulation, ovulation, and uh, pre-menstrual or the uh, luteal phase. Yeah. And they each relate to uh, winter, spring, summer, and autumn. Yeah. And so they are the external seasons that also show the internal. So if we think about our uh, external seasons, our spring and our summer, which is mm. our pre-ovulation and our ovulation, and they are 
just like a reflection of the external season. They are the more outgoing, they're more fun, everything's growing, everything's more vibrant, sunshiny. And that's exactly the same kind of energy that we hold at that time. It's when we can really get stuff done, we get our creativity really flowing. Um, we want to socialise, we want to be around other people. And it's, um, it's a great time, it's felt, for, certainly for teenage girls, for them to know that this is a great time for them to get their projects done, to go yeah. and do that cross-country or to play their netball game, to do their performances with their, you know, their singing and their drama. Yeah. Um, because two weeks later, now they don't have control over this. I understand that the school cannot put on a performance, set on a date of all the different times of the cycle. But if, yes. if they have that understanding and know that when we go into the premenstrual phase and our, and our menstrual phase, that's our slowing down. It's our more mm. inward. The same as where we are in the season, if you're in the UK, we're yeah. just heading into our autumn. So yeah. everything starts to become a little bit cosier. The night's getting drawing in and we want to stay home more. We don't want to socialise. Mm. Um, it's also the phase, particularly again, if you have teenagers, when they're going to be a little bit more gritty yes. and they might be more argumentative and they feel but their paranoia kicks in of, oh, everybody hates me, or, mm. you know, the doors get slammed and the tears come. And they feel like they've got this critic on their shoulder that's constantly saying to them, oh, you're not good enough, so-and-so doesn't like you. And the friendships can really get gnarly at this time. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, my netball team from years ago stopped me from playing netball in my autumn because I used to drop the ball, throw the ball to the wrong team, and I was really clumsy. Um, and I mean, years before I knew this worked, I kind of think, look back now and I think, oh, yeah, I mean, they didn't know what they were doing either, but they recognised that I was really super clumsy at that time. But also yeah. if you've got a teenager or even yourself, don't touch the good crockery in that phase of your cycle because you're likely to drop it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a time when if you're doing a performance, say you're in a drama college, drama um, performance, sorry, mm. you're likely to forget your words or yeah. you're going to be super, super conscious of like everybody looking at you and you're not going to want to be out there. Yeah. Um, and it, so it's knowing that shift of your outer energy and then your inner energy. And when you, as a group of friends, know this, mm. if you've got a friend who's been particularly gritty with you, mm. if you can recognise, ah, She's in her autumn. Mm-hmm. Then don't take it personally. Um, yeah. But have that conversation when you're both in a better part of your cycle, if you can both, you know, as long as you both do get into a better part of your cycle at the same time. Yeah. So that you can have that conversation because often what comes up for us in that premenstrual part of our cycle is what's not serving us, what's not working for us, mm-hmm. what's draining us, sucking the life out of us, yeah. um, and working out, okay, that's not working really well for me. How do I need to, how do I need to deal with that? So we take it into our bleed because mm. if we don't listen to the Tampax adverts mm. that tell you to go, you know, horse riding and rollerblade in when you've got your period because you put mm. a, a Tampax in, mm. if you actually listen to yourself and sleep more, rest more, give yourself time to slow down and be in the process, yeah. you can take all of that information of what's come up for you in autumn that doesn't work for you, yeah. take it into your bleed, let it go with your blood because that's what our blood is. It's, it's a, the shedding, our menstrual is a letting go of all that we don't need inside us. Yeah. And then take it into your pre-ovulation or your summer and with your kind of the happiness that you've got inside you, 
deal with it in a better way. And I think that's one of the things that's the best thing to use, particularly as teenagers, but as, as women throughout, is using your cycle to know what is and isn't working for you mm. so that you live in alignment for what does serve you. Mm. Because if we live in alignment, especially from a really young age, if we live in alignment with our cycles and our life and our true path and our true calling, mm. then when we get to menopause and perimenopause, which is just one big giant premenstrual kind of phase, yeah. it doesn't need to be constant. Yeah, it can be, I, yeah. you know, it can be a lot better for us because we've lived in alignment and we've, we've not got all of this unprocessed drama and trauma that hasn't been dealt with over the time. That's really interesting. I love what you said about uh, a group of girls knowing their cycle. And I think wouldn't that be fantastic that at school, if that was something that was discussed amongst friendship groups and just knowing which internal season you're in and which hormonal fluctuation you're experiencing. So I love that. And I, I think as well, I'm just, you know, wondering about how women or some women experience um, the pressure to always be on the ball and always be achieving and doing and ticking the boxes. And there'll be lots of parents out there that, you know, parenting is an all-consuming thing and there is so much to remember. And it's constantly like how I feel like having lots of tabs open on the computer at the same time, even if you're doing something else, there's always something in the background of, you know, what do I need to remember? What do I need to do then? And I'm just sort of wondering, so when we have the estrogen, which is in the the rising estrogen, which is in the follicular phase, peaking at the ovulatory phase, and that's our real sort of sociable, clear thinking, feel good, superwoman mm. phase, when we can do all those things that are required of us as parents, as potentially working mothers, as people that, you know, need to fit in and do, do, do. But when that drops off just after the ovulatory phase and we go into the premenstrual luteal phase, I think it can be so unsettling for a lot of women. That's what I've come across anyway. Mm. You know, that, that, oh, well, I, I'm now not able to do as much. I now need to sleep more. I can't fit in as much as I usually would. I can't socialise as much. And perhaps if we prioritised self-care, I don't know, maybe that would be easier uh, to nurture that luteal phase and just, I guess, just to get to know it. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think just really being hyper aware of which phase we're in, why this is happening. It's like, okay, I've just ovulated and I'm going into the progesterone. I'm not going to be able to give as much as my of myself to other people. And that's okay for now because yeah. it will come again where I can be more outward thinking and more nurturing and more, you know, mm. compassionate. But for now, it's sort of about me for a little bit, which is actually okay, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, because we do as women. We give so much, don't we, all so the much. time. Yeah, um, and we have to remember, men are linear. Yeah, we are cyclical, and we are supposed yeah. to have our ups and and our downs. And like you said, it's giving ourselves permission that it's okay. I kind of like to refer to um, that uh, second part of our cycle, you know, the luteal phase, as yeah. that part in um, Frozen when Elsa says. Uh, be the good girl you have to be, conceal, don't feel. 
Oh, and it's, that's a good it's analogy. That part of our cycle, isn't it? Where actually we don't need to be what everybody expects us to be. It's yeah. okay to to have our feelings and to allow that inner because if we don't, we're going to burst at some point. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So for someone that's um, probably going to experience your daughter's, you know, first menarche, first bleed in the next few years, I imagine, um, I'm just thinking about the actual nuts and bolts of, you know, for, for parents that are wondering how to teach or be aware of the menstrual cycle for their preteens or teenage girls. I'm just thinking like how to to actually impart advice when it comes to their their first bleeds, their first periods? Yeah, I think, well, what I've, um, what I've done with my daughter, obviously, is gone through the different menstrual products that there are. Yeah. So she's got a pair of period knack- knackers, period knickers. <laughs> I think knackers is better. <laughs> period knackers, pair of period knickers. Yeah. Um, but she's got in a plastic bag, she takes the school with her. So she knows that she hasn't got to worry and get stressed about using um, a sanitary pad okay. or a cloth pad at that point because she's got the knickers that are there. But okay. we've gone through the different options. So she knows there's cloth pads, there are tampacks, there are, but all organic. Like yeah. having that conversation as well with your daughters about what the products are that you're putting inside you yeah. um, and letting them know, you know, obviously just the cleanliness as well, but making sure that if you are using the tampacks, make sure your fingers are clean beforehand because you're inserting your fingers into the vagina, which is super, super absorbent. Yeah. Um, and then how to obviously dispose of the products that wherever you're wearing and then letting them know that there's different, um, uh, that you're going to bleed heavier on day one, maybe in two and you'll be lighter, et cetera, and let them know their flow will change and yeah. that it can come and go and things about the clots and knowing that they may experience darker colours. So yeah. if they do have a darker colour at the beginning of the cycle or the end of the cycle, cycle, then that's just the old lining that's coming away and it's just mm-hmm. where their womb may be kind of slightly hunched over. So okay. they know that these things are normal. Yes. Um, and I think as well, having a journal, having, you know, you can get like a cycle where you can write your emotions in, but getting the girls to start journaling how they're feeling on their different days and being mm-hmm. honest with themselves mm-hmm. so they can express it, so they can start to see their own patterns. Um, yeah. And a really lovely visual tip for families is, especially if you've got more than one woman in the household, is have the little vase on the windowsill. Mm. When you've got your period, you put a red flower in it. So you can have plastic flowers, put a red flower. Everyone knows you've got your period, so you might need more time. Yeah. When you're uh, pre-ovulation and up to ovulation, you can put a different colour flower in. Yeah. And then uh, when I taught this at SAV school, we joked about when you get to your premenstrual phase, put a twig in and everyone knows <laughs> not to come near you. They were like joking on a rose bush, like a rose twig. I'm like, yeah. well, you know, yeah. yeah. But if there's that visual cue yeah. that you can start to go, okay, this is where I am in my cycle. Everyone else can start to see where you are in your cycle. And there's that honouring of exactly where everyone is at so that the rest of the family can see, oh, okay, my teenage daughter is in her twig phase or in her premenstrual phase. So, Let's understand where she's at and not push her too much. Um, But also, I think, yeah, explaining really simply the hormone and showing them, you know, the hormone cycle so they know that this is happening to every woman, that we've all got these hormones flowing through our body. Okay, so it's very much 
let's look at a chart, let's see what's happening to you at different phases. It's very much talking about um, which kind of sanitary products are available. I mean, I do favour the the good old period pants because I'm sort of, you know, always looking at the greener living. Um, But there are lots of things and it's just whatever suits you and your child you know, just how to use a, um, a sanitary pad, how to wash out a menstrual cup if that's what you're using and mm. just being mindful and keeping track of your cycle, journaling your thoughts is also really valuable. So yeah, that's just amazing advice. And I know you've got lots of, um, oh, I just thought I'd mention as well, it's really important as well, isn't it, for young girls to, um, you know, what we were sort of saying about normalising, utilising it, you know, that not maybe your friend's cycle is, you know, day 28 sort of standard um, menstrual cycle uh, length, but then there'll be girls that are 24 days, there'll be girls that are 35 days, and it's just wherever they happen to be within, it's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, And also realising that if you have stress, then the next month your cycle is going to change. So the first part of your cycle, the follicular phase, is the bit that lengthens and shortens. But the second part of the cycle is the bit that normally regulates and becomes like a set number of days. So they can recognise that they may ovulate later the next month if they've had a stressful month before. And I think that's a really useful thing for them to recognise. And obviously we can, there's a whole thing of going into understanding their mucus and understanding what makes them fertile, but that's probably a whole other topic. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is the egg white sort of consistency, yeah. isn't it, for the yeah. mucus, for yeah. the sort of ovulatory phase. Um, okay, yeah, so the, the the cycles can change from month to month mm-hmm. and that's okay and that's something to be aware of. And I know you've got lots of information on your Instagram page. Tell me a bit about what you've got coming up work-wise, Claire. Well, I've just launched an empowered young women's program, which I'm taking into uh, certainly my daughter's school and then hoping to launch that into other schools. Amazing. Um, and that is all about the menstrual seasons within school, as well as things about the mucus and normal things around your periods. Yeah. Um, I teach, which you've obviously been on set, yes. the Women Facility Massage Training course. Yeah. And I'm in the process of launching the Empowered Feminine course, which is the next step on from the Women Facility Massage. Uh, so it's just taking all the work that we do a lot deeper. So really looking into the trauma and really empowering women with finding their uh, true calling for their alignment. Oh, amazing. Um, so and where then can there's we find lots of online courses. Yeah. Lots of online courses as well. Where can we find you, Claire? Uh, on Instagram, I'm empoweredfeminine.co. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of launching a new website, but that will be empoweredfeminine.co as well. Ah, oh, amazing. Oh, I've loved it. I've literally um, loved it. We <laughs> could talk for hours. <laughs> we could literally talk for hours, but unfortunately I've sort of got to keep it to about half an hour. But yeah. um, we will always chat about this, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm always interested to know what you're up to and you're just a wealth of information. So thanks for passing on your oh, knowledge. Thank today. you. Take care, Claire. Bye. Bye. For fun videos, activities, educational content, and much, much more, head to Twinkle Kids TV. Our YouTube channel is packed with ideas to make surviving parenthood a little easier and a lot more entertaining. That's Twinkle Kids TV. Take a look today.